So we're back again. Guess who's back? Back, back again. again. J and K are back. We Tell some, some friends. Guess who's back? Guess, Guess who's, who's back? back? Guess who's back? No, no, no. Hey guys, uh, we're here again. We're uh, back. Yay. So uh, for today's episode, we will be talking about um, some of the books that we've been reading. We have a mini unofficial book club between Christelle and I, but uh, my cousin Janet is has joined us right for this month for our new book which is what's the name of the new book our new book that we're reading is in the country we love by diane guerrero so so far we're like into it like five chapters in so far so good uh it's a very relatable book i've enjoyed it so far how Mm -hmm. about you i definitely enjoyed it um it was i found it to be or i've been finding it to be a little hard to put down Because I feel like I want to read, continue reading, continue reading. But, like, obviously we have to talk about what we read. And I don't want to get, like... Right, get too far ahead. Yeah, if you guys are not uh, aware who Diane Guerrero is, she's an actual actress who was both in Jane the Virgin and Orange is the New Black. So, obviously she's doing well in life now. But it's very interesting to see where she's... She comes from, like, her family life and her own personal journey through a very uh, close-to-home topic for us, which is immigration. Uh, Both of our parents being immigrants uh, coming to this country and how we had to navigate through that. I think Christelle had a more... um, It's more relatable to me. It's absolutely more relatable to her. Because Uh, it wasn't just my parents coming as immigrants. It was me and my brother. Right. And us, us four, you know, at that time having to have all these like restrictions and all these different feelings because we knew we had to be like low key you know um and then my brother my brother that was born here you know he he was also like so it's very relatable yeah um, so and it's, it's kind of like mm, started from the bottom now we're here yeah <laughs> like we're yeah. in a better it's place a, it's a success story we're, so- we're we're now no more fear you know we we're legal, legally here everybody and it's it's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's the same. Blessed hashtag yes. blessed. But um, but yeah, so but we're gonna be talking about the other books that we've read in twenty twenty so far. Thanks to Rona, we've been able to keep up with our reading because we have nothing else yeah. to do. <laughs> but um, our officially like start of our book club kind of happened back in like the end of twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, we did read what three books. Yes, and then. Obviously, we didn't know that Rona was going <laughs> to deprive us from all these activities. So coming into 2012, we started with a very, um, I don't know why I said 2012. <laughs> See, the Rona's getting me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so starting with 2020, we were like, oh, yeah, 2020 is going to be our year. It's going to be like everybody else before Rona came. Right. And we actually started with a very positive um yes uh, eye-opening book because we're like yeah we're we're changing our lives this year you know but well i mean we can still be positive we're we're, we have quality time with our loved ones and you know time to read more so it's right so you want to um yeah so our first the first book as she mentioned it's the alchemist uh i looked up the i think like three lists of the most like happy or like most uh positive books that were 
that you're able to read and the alchemist came up in all those yeah. lists so i told christelle I was like hey let's just let's just try this book out uh i thoroughly enjoyed it um it definitely it's not that it's relatable because it's a story about a shepherd in egypt and uh trying to get it's very his... symbolic right it's very symbolic um I, obviously i can't relate to egypt and the desert and, and being a shepherd or being a shepherd but his journey was very relatable you could you could apply it to your own life and um it made me reflect a lot on on my life and what maybe his obstacles are kind of similar to my obstacles so again really quick synopsis of this book is uh it's uh we have santiago who's a shepherd he is uh living his life until uh king tells he well he's had a recurring uh dream, dream yeah. uh that he's finding he's going to find treasure in the pyramids of Egypt and the pro, uh a king he finds a king and the king tells him it's a prophecy that he needs to sell his shepherd his, his sheep, sheep shepherd his sheep uh which basically is his livelihood you're basically he's telling you sell all and, everything you know and like follow your this dream. yeah your livelihood and follow this dream and it just goes through this journey of like these different things that happen to him he gets robbed he has no money he has to get a job and he's doing great at this job but then um he's like, doing very great oh, yeah. at this when job he did the like, crystal, he's hustling he was doing great and uh and then they told him um he who did he talk to after that it was like a witch or something yeah that said like you need to like continue the yeah dream. continue like, where, are you, where are you going continue that journey and um yeah he he met the alchemist and but then before that he um remember he kind of deviates because he finds this girl all right, right. and he's kind of like head over heels for her and he's right. kind of like well screw the dream let me maybe this is my dream maybe me being with this woman you know yeah because he is older and he's kind of like well i'm alone like the only most of his life he spent it with the sheep right and but but he did come to the self-realization that you're you need like i want to be with you but i need to finish this whatever mm -hmm. wherever i end up whatever it is even if it's not a treasure i need to finish this journey and i will come back to you yeah and uh obviously he finishes his journey he gets to the pyramids of egypt and then he finds his treasure and he gets the girl he gets back to fatima and it's a it's a it was a really happy not like a really happy story but at the end like you get to the it's a lot of obstacles that he goes yeah. through like yeah. a lot of journey to get to or fulfill this dream this, this he... personal legend yeah uh but that's life right that's what he he calls it the personal legend which for us would be like a purpose in life like what is Goal. our purpose yeah right like... i i have to admit after reading this book i did uh i did reflect a lot on what is my purpose in life? Like, what am I doing? I have passions. I, I love things. But that's not necessarily where I focus. That's not my job. Mm -mm. Um, a lot of people say, well, if you do what you love, it wouldn't be a job. But then again, um, I I find things that I love to be nice. And I wouldn't want to do that 24-7 either. But, I mean, if I could get a job in something that I do love and yeah. care about, that would be closer to my personal legend i believe but i feel like also like our personal legend like the our purpose the way we look at it we always think it's just one thing right but i that's, feel like in true. this book or it or maybe i'm getting confused with a different book but like when you asked me because when we were reading and you asked me hey what is your your personal i um, mean your purpose in life and i've been asked that before like in a, a couple of my classes that i've taken 
and I've always not had an answer like I don't know what my purpose is like why am I here like what am I doing but I feel like it could be a lot of little things that add up to a personal like purpose Mm -hmm. so it's not one specific thing right right it could be like an addition of all these things that you're doing in life that's true that's how I get fulfillment in life absolutely I think I I try to be the best daughter that I can. I try to be the best friend that I can. I try to be if I with my significant other whenever the heck that happens. I try to be the best person and, for and them. And for strangers too, because you you yeah. like to do community work. Yeah, you know, you do this, you do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, volunteering is one of those things exactly. that that like fulfills me a lot. Same so, here. So I don't need I don't, my job to do that for me, but it would be nice. I mean, yeah. if I could get a job drinking beer all day, that'd be great. <laughs> be a beer connoisseur. Right, a beer connoisseur. <laughs> Make money Some, out of it. Right. Something like that would be great, but I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, to say, like, disappointed. I think I have a pretty good life, um, but could it be better? Of course. And I feel like it's also in different areas of your life, like career-wise like maybe that you have a purpose career-wise for that you know um when it comes to community like do you have a purpose for that when it comes to family when it comes to your personal life like you said when it comes to being you know in a relationship with your partner like that's what I mean like for me like when I get asked that like what's my purpose in life or sometimes when I ask myself I feel like I've covered some of my areas in my life but there's still other areas where like like career-wise like I feel like I haven't fulfilled my purpose for that area and I'm still working and finding like well what is my purpose when it comes to my career like I have all this school all this education you know this degree but I'm not doing that job that That, fulfills that like I'm 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 I guess you could say content with that but not like I don't feel like that passion like oh my god this is what I wanted to do and this is why I went to school for Content is a very, it's a very, um, not a tricky thing, but it's, it's, it's like a place where you get stuck sometimes. Yes. It's a, it's, it's, you feel safe. You don't have to risk anything. And it's, if you're doing well in life, you don't need to hustle and you don't see the problem with having to get out of that. It's exactly. A, it's a tricky state of mind. And, it is. And it's, a, it's where a lot of people find themselves. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think we find ourselves I think we're there both too. in that place. Exactly. Oh, we have, a, especially right now with the Rona, like, oh, we have a job, we have benefits, you know, we're, we're okay. Mm-hmm. But I feel like trying to find that personal legend, we can go beyond that. But it's like just having that, let me step out of this yes, comfort, this comfort zone. zone. It's so, it's so hard. It's so frightening. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. and it's easier said than done if we think about it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we could speak things into the universe all we want, but it's yeah. hard to actually put action towards those words, you know. But okay, so yeah, that's but, the alchemist. Yeah, the alchemist but Paolo Paolo Coelho Coelho. Yeah, Coelho. Bra- he's a Brazilian Brazilian yeah. Brazilian author. But um, yeah, so this is a good read. It's it's it was good, easy, easy read, easy read. Yeah. Fun, kind of funny story makes you think it makes you think about your life a lot yeah so if you're um, not looking for that definitely don't pick it up yeah. but I would I would I would reread it again it's like a let me do it it's really easy to read and it's less than 200 pages yeah so that's one that's our first book and then our the second, second book we chose 
I don't know who I think Jess I did. chose it. Yeah, I wanted this. I've had this book on my list forever. I've seen this book, but I never actually picked it up until you brought it up. So this next one that we read was A Long Way Gone, Memoirs of a Boy Soldier by Ishmael Bey. Bey? Mm-hmm. Bey? Bey? I don't, Bey. Sorry if I mispronounced your last Bey. name. Bey. This book was so sad. Yeah. It's... This one, it was... Yeah, I look. I'm even tearing up right now. I'm just thinking about it. This was um about a boy. How old was he when he left? Ishmael. Eleven. I think he eleven. Yeah, eleven. So it was about the during the time where Sierra Leone and it was it Africa. Yes, or, yeah, Africa, Africa. They had a civil war going on. The civil war lasted eleven years. Eleven years. Um, you know, and it's these these was it the rebels? The rebels, you know, villagers trying to fight government and, you know, civil war stuff. Making their their w- ways, but in a very terrible way to try to get somebody to listen to you. So they would take the boys. They would go into villages, right? They would go into villages, kill everybody, and just take like, the boys. Mm-hmm. Because they would train them, recruit them, right. train them to become soldiers ingrained in their mind that oh no you have to kill and fight for us and our group screw the government we can overtake them so ishmael is 11 years old he lives with his mom in what village was it i don't remember but he lives with his mom and his brother and then on his way home one day you know he discovers his village has been attacked he and his older brother run they run with the group of friends right yeah and it reminded me a little bit of um lord of the flies when they get like you know go with the friends it just talks about his journey of um you know yeah so first like the journey is about like uh surviving you know like trying to get into villages and um but it's hard because the village those villagers think that they're the rebels they're the rebels because a lot of the the younger like his age group they um have been recruited and they are trained to kill like that's all you need to do is kill 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 right there's no confidence there's no uh, no one's sure who's who so they're not welcomed into these villages they even though they want to be like no i'm not a part of them they don't care they're like shut down they're like get out right it's a lot of mm, death and killing it's very descriptive uh the yeah the starvation um the lonely nights in the woods yeah. You know, the um, there's this part in this book when he... So his brother and him are... There's a part where they find... Um, they're close to finding the village where their parents are at. So they're happy. They're like, yeah, um, we're finally going to reunite with the mom. And, you know, they're so close to getting, it, getting there and the freaking village gets attacked. Yeah, after so long, after this long journey of, like, trying to find your family, you're literally, like, yards away from seeing them, and then you see that the village was attacked, and that... The, by parents, and the, yeah. bro- the brother gets gets lost in there, too, right? Yeah. And he never sees... He doesn't know if the, if the brother's alive, remember? He right. kind of is like, I will never see them again. And yeah. it was just so sad, like, reading that part, like, when he's describing, like, this excitement, and he's like, finally, I'm going to reunite with 
my family members and then like in he looks at this like when it's getting attacked and like just standing there like oh my god right like, you can't you know. run towards the village you have to run away you know because it, then it's gonna be you they're gonna kill you exactly. so they they had to run away like you and he he plays blame on this person or like one of the elders yeah. that's like we should have been there but, but he was like you, you would have died like if you would have been there and he's like well at least i would have died with my family yeah um it's a very it's sad and then after that um they actually get captured by the rebels and um I, they I, start getting trained. Yeah, they, yeah, start, they getting start getting trained. trained. Well, it this this happens before when he's like trying to go away, he gets so upset that he's like, I want to be by myself. Like I, he comes into the state of mind where he's like, I don't want to make friends. I don't want to be you know with anybody because they're just gonna be taken away from me. Like he doesn't want to go through that pain. And when he's describing, like, remember when he's in that part where he's been um, and this like forest or whatever. I don't remember if it was a forest, but he's there by himself. And then he, like, his mind is just, like, starts hearing things. He starts seeing things. And to me, it's just scary. Like, imagine you're so lonely and it's so quiet where you are that now you're starting to imagine all this stuff. Like, do you remember that part where he's describing this? Yeah. It scared me. Like, <laughs> your mind can, like, play so many tricks yes. on you where he's already going insane. Yeah. He's going insane already. And it's just scary. Like, this 11, 12-year-old, like is already going insane like that's crazy I, I didn't like that part like i mean i didn't like a lot of parts of the book because it's so sad but that part to me like oh man like i just can't yeah but anyways he does get captured by the rebels um yeah so he gets trained and he um, makes friends yeah he makes he makes friends it's all these little yeah it's like uh remember i when they were going the first time they were like okay where we need to go and attack a certain village and blah 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 blah. He was talking about one of the smaller boys carrying the the rifle that was taller than him. Yeah. I imagine a child carrying a gun that's that can't carry this gun because no. the the gun is so tall, taller than him. And heavy. And heavy. Because remember, he he falls like with it. Right. Because he can't he can't pick it up, but. They don't care. You either train and kill or you're going to be dead. You're going to get killed. Either by other by the other soldiers or you're going to get killed by the rebels themselves. Because they're like, well, you're useless. What do, you, what do we want you here for? Yeah, I remember his first kill. That was... It was uh, traumatic. Yeah, that was traumatizing. Um, the way he described it. Or the, the, also the way that he, he remembered when it was like the first time that they were getting attacked. And um, how he said like his friend got shot. And then, like, his body pretty much, like, almost like, like, his head exploded with, oh, like, God. the bullet. Yeah. I was, I was crying while reading that. It was very traumatizing, actually. Yeah. It, um, it is very, it's a very intense book. Yes. So, if you're queasy, if you're one of those people who can't, you know, even, like, deal with that, I would not recommend this yeah. book. But, you know, in the end, um, later on, they, he gets, um picked up by the government and they take him to this like um rehab center yeah where they're trying to psychologically help rewire his brain like to thinking like you know he's been ingrained killing is good mm -hmm. um be a he savage was, he was a drug addict remember oh, yes. he, he was they, drinking they drugged him they they used to do a lot of drugs and and drinking so he's all kinds of effed up like he's all kinds of 
mm-hmm. messed up. And, you know, they take him to this center and they try to um, teach him the goodness of life. Teach him, you know, reteach him this good right. behavior. They try to educa- educate them. But it's so hard for him to open up. It's very hard. He describes how he just, like, doesn't like anybody. He has this mentality of, like, I don't give a fuck, you know, like, mm-hmm. I just want to kill and leave me alone and F you with that. So then, obviously, at the end, he, um, they find an uncle, and he gets reunited with them. After rehab, he finally gets set free, and he's kind of, like, in a better mindset. Um, he's more happy, but then the freaking... The sit- war comes to him yes, again. it comes to him and again. And it's, it's honestly one of those, like, to me, I was just like, really? This guy has gone through so much. He's and, older now, too. Yeah, so. he's older. He's getting his life back together. He finally found a family, family member. And now they're getting attacked. And now they're getting attacked. So what does he do? He leaves. He tries to run away. Um, fortunately, before they get attacked, he does get this, like... Because he's smart in he's school. Smart. Yeah. So he gets this, like opportunity to come to the u.s to new york yeah to new and york. talk about um i think he writes a paper or something right oh and yeah he, he, some he, lady like i forgot her name but she like kind of like not sponsors him but like tells him to come and they talk about it and they have like a little interview or something like that about the war in sierra leone yeah i don't know if she was a journalist or like a teacher or something um, like that it was just for a for yeah for it was i guess like for the united nations to bring up this yeah. This concept that saying like, "Hey, I they, was a a, ch- uh, a child, a ch- soldier, yeah, a, ch- a soldier, a, a, kid, so- boy, a soldier. boy soldier, yeah." And uh, this is going on in our country, like lineage funding and all this good stuff. But so yeah, he was very, he was a very smart guy, yeah. and that's basically the thing that got him through this horrific. Yeah, because then when he goes back, that's when his the war comes to him. Yeah, and then he that's when he's like, "I'm out of here." So he tries to leave, but even trying to leave to come, you know, he reaches out to the lady and he's going to, she's going to help him come to the U S but even trying to get across his own country is hard. Like, yeah. He still faces a lot of hardships and then, um, it doesn't really tell you how he gets to the U S right. But obviously he does get to the United States and leaves Sierra Leone and stuff like that. So the biggest thing I got from this book is, be absolutely thankful for yes. what you have in life and to know that um I've been very blessed and very fortunate that I've never had to go through anything as remotely as traumatizing as he did and make me very aware of what's going on in the world like I can't live in my own little bubble and think everything's, everything's okay, okay yeah. because there's so many human beings out there so many people who are suffering and exactly uh, and like you know this is going on when we were Right. Children in the 90s, mainly. This yeah. was from 1991 to 20... 2002. To, yeah. So, it's like, it was around the time when we're, you know, kids and going into middle school. And we had, I had no idea. Like, I literally had no idea. But, anyways, this book was sad. So, if you're not, if you don't have guts don't to read, we don't read it. <laughs> okay, up next will be, You Are a Badass. How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life by Jen Sincero. Sincero, Sincero, something like that. This book I really, really loved. This was a very, very great book. And not only because it kind of tells you like how to fix your mentality and rewire your brain when it comes to how you see yourself. 
um, it tells you like, why do we have these negative thoughts about ourselves? Why do we, where did they come from? You know, it, there's a part in the beginning where it says, once you're out of the womb, whatever noise and whatever anybody is talking, your subconscious is already picking that up. Um, and it's broken down into five parts. Yeah. So part one is how you got this way. So it just kind of tells you, like, it explains, like, how your subconscious works. Um, Why we think we do the things we do. Like, yeah. it's something that you don't, like, you don't consciously do it. You subconsciously do things. Because yeah. that's how it was brought up in your in your childhood. That's, like, the repetitive behavior that you've been living through. And then that's how you go about it's it. It's the program that it's been ingrained in your yeah. brain. So there's a thing that I really like towards the end of it where she's, or, like, in the middle of the, the section, where she's, like... Our, sub our conscious mind thinks it's in control, but it isn't. Our subconscious mind doesn't think about anything, but it is in control. And, you know, it's from her book, so it's quoted from her. These are not my words. Mm -hmm. um, and this is pretty, pretty much it tells you, like, this is why we think this. Like, you know, what we watch on TV, what we listen to music, what our parents tell us, what our friends tell us, what our cousins tell us, what we hear in school. You know, oh, I'm not smart enough because of that. Because somebody told you, like, oh, you're not smart enough. Oh, you're too short to be a model. Or you're, you're too, you know, whatever you look like. Your hair is right. too, too brown to mm -hmm. be like, you know, have this color. So all of these, all of these things that we've always heard, they stay in our sub, especially the negative stuff. Like the negative stuff always stays in our subconscious, and this is why we always see ourselves in like a negative way. Right. Even though we, don't, even, even though, though I can everybody, say here, everybody in the world around you could tell you you have a beautiful face, but yeah. if what you heard was like. Oh, like your dimples are too weird. Your or, nose is too big. Yeah. You should get a new nose. So then you yourself, you're like, no, I know I'm ugly because I've been told I'm yeah, ugly my exactly. whole life. Even though everybody around you is like, no, dude, like you look good. Like, or, or when they give you a compliment and you're like, no, I'm not. You may not think you're ugly, ugly, but you don't think like you're good looking enough. Like that's yeah, what you, you deserve You're just like, no, I'm not, you know like stuff like that so it was great to kind of know where this comes from like to start on this journey of becoming a badass you know or like get the badass version of yourself so part two is how to embrace your inner badass and this is just kind of like tells you what did it tell you it's basically like so you know how your brain works and oh, then yeah. this is how you rewire it yeah and then i think there's something on here oh that was part four Part three is how to tap into the mother. So this part, it tells you, like, what can we do to, like, start training our brain to think differently? You know, a lot of people say meditation, you know, do some yoga. So she kind of gives you, like, little tips and um, how to forgive. A lot of times, forgiveness is a big issue. Like, oh, that person did that to me. And, you know, you're holding on to this negative thing, and it's only affecting yourself. Right. Like, you're not, by not forgiving this person... Like, you're holding that negative space in your brain when all you need when to you do is declutter. Yeah, right. and let, let it, go. it go. You're either going to let it go, let those people be forgiven, or you just need those people out of your life. Exactly. It's one of those things. So it, it kind of, like, starts making you think of, like, well, what am I holding on to? Like, how can I redo this? Um, how can I reset my mind to be more positive? Um, part four is how to get over your BS already. So this is more like, um, yo, get your butt up and start doing things. And I really like this part because she actually breaks it down into things that you can actually do. You know, like um, write sticky notes that remind you of your greatness. You know, 
do uh self exercises you know like oh look at yourself in the mirror and be like dang look at that hair look at those mm-hmm. eyes. you know like just kind of like cheer yourself up um you know another thing that makes me think that i one of the quotes that i liked from um the book was what you choose to focus on becomes your reality and that's very important because you don't want to focus on the negative stuff that has happened to you like keep reminding yourself like what do you want to attract to your life you know like what is it that you want to attract so this is one of the ones that i liked and then part four is just like um how to kick some ass you know it's just like get step out of their comfort zone you know like thank you says just do it yeah yeah deciding is freedom indecide indecision is torture that's something from her book too this is something we have a really hard time, I feel, Ugh. for me and her. We just discovered we both have a very hard time deciding even even the most simple, simple things. Um, we have all both have little tricks on how to get over this. You know, I shared with Jazz that sometimes, you know, when I'm at the store and I can't make a decision of what car to buy or whatever I'm buying, I ask strangers. I'm like, hey, would you rather get this or this? You know, and after I've asked three strangers, I'm like, okay, I'm taking this one, you know, or I'll be like, pick a hand if I can't decide and I have like an answer in each hand and whatever hand they picked, there you go. That's my answer because I have the hardest time deciding, you know, and then one of the last things that I always that I really liked from the book, that's another quote that she uses is one of the best things you can do to improve the world is to improve yourself. And this is pretty much the heart of the book, like you can you are an awesome person like we right. everybody's awesome and but in order to do better things for you and others and everybody around you you have to do yourself a favor and improve you who you are and this book is a great way to just get out of that it's easy read and i really recommend it because everybody's an awesome person and i loved all the exercises that she suggests in here so that was it and Our last book that we've read so far for 2020 is... Uh, Sin Miedo, which is uh, No Fear, yes, Without Fear, without fear. from Jorge Ramos. Um, if you guys are not aware who Jorge Ramos is, he's a, broad, he's a journalist slash broadcaster for Univision, Noticias Univision, yes. which is the biggest uh, Spanish network uh, basically here in the in United the States. States. Uh, so we grew up watching him yep. on the news because our parents, you know, they would always be watching the news. Primer Impacto, Noticias Univision, 5 p.m., 6 yeah. p.m., and then the novela start at 7 p.m. Yeah, and then aquí ahora at the night on the weekend. Yeah, 9, <laughs> 10 p.m. or something. Yeah. So he's always, he's been a, like, staple, I would say, in our childhood and in our lives when it came to news and what was important. Yep. So, uh, I know I kind of challenged Cristel here to get the Spanish version. Yep. They have the English version, by the way. Yeah, if you guys are interested. Uh, But I thought it would be a little bit of a challenge since we really don't read Spanish, right? I know. I've always, I speak and read Spanish but when it comes to reading books in Spanish it I've always found it very challenging for me to like understand because I always have to be like wait what let me go back but this one was actually surprising like I was able to read it um with not so much of a struggle so thank you for pushing me and doing that 
Of course. <laughs> yeah, it was it was fun uh, reading in our native language because mm-hmm. Spanish was my first language, and so was Christelle's. Yeah. But you don't know because we speak it so well. We speak English so well. Uh, sometimes I mess up, so yeah, you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? How do you say that? <laughs> but anyways, this so book, yeah, go ahead. It's pretty much. Well, wait, you start. No, you oh, say it. Okay, I'll say it. Like so this book, I honestly thought it was gonna be an autobiography, but it wasn't. It's it's talking about uh being a rebel. Uh he broke down different approximately interviews. yeah, different interviews with different people ranging from US presidents like Barack Obama and George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush also, uh, dictators, Fidel Castro, Hugo Chavez, uh, Venezuela, Cuba, yes, um, Mexico, a president, Pre- president, different presidents, different of presidents of the Mexico. evil ones. I'm just kidding. And um, uh, talking to um, he also did the um, Jewish lady, no, the Israel, Israel, Israel president, or mm-hmm. what did they call it? They don't call Palestine it and um. Israel. In Israel. Yeah. But I don't yeah. they don't call him president. They call him something else. I forgot what they call him, but yeah. Not president. But the person in in charge of the country. Yes. He also did what else he did? He He talked about dreamers. Yeah, he spoke um, about dreamers. He's Mexican by the way. I didn't know I did not know he was Mexican. I was so shocked. All these years I did not know he was Mexican until this book. <laughs> so there you go. If you didn't know, now you know. He does not look Mexican at all. Yeah, he doesn't actually. You're right. Uh, he's he's spoken to different people. He's spoke to judges. He spoke to Congress um, people. Congress. Uh, he spoke to the million billionaires. Yes, he did. He did speak to billionaires. He spoke to other journalists. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's an array of different interviews he's done throughout his career, and it's each one was basically trying to say how either he was a rebel by making uncomfortable questions to these very powerful people or, or how the people that he was interviewing were rebels such as um getting themselves captured because they were going against the government speaking or up. speaking up uh doing things that defy logic or like defy comfort for example the dreamers going mm-hmm. knowing that they're susceptible that they're going to be that they might be captured or be uh you know taken, taken by ice right they might be deported um, they still went ahead and made this big platform and trying to fight for other people such as themselves yeah. for their rights to like you know to be in this country basically exactly. their home country and then the thing that I really liked about it too is that he's asking these questions to these guys in power of well where's this money from the country you know it's, for example like the president you know in Mexico like they're known for a lot of like doing a lot of dirty corruption work. Mm-hmm. And they take the money, and he's asking them, "Well, how much do you earn?" And they won't give a set amount. And they're and well, they're they're saying that they're they're, they're transparent because yeah. every all their earnings are public record. But, but it's like, so how can you afford this five million dollar exactly. house? Exactly, and that's what he's bringing up to right. these guys, and to their face. Yeah, right. And it's not just one interview; it's like multiple interviews. You know, it's like also Obama when he was saying like, "Well, if you have the power, 
why didn't you do this? Right. You and know? Obama's like, can we focus on that we yeah. did it? Like, you know, now we have the Dream Act. And he's like, no, you had years, years. to do this. You, All these Obama, people got deported exactly. because of you. He was the highest, so far the highest president that has had people deported. Yeah. When he promised that he was going to do all this to help and and bring an opportunity for these immigrants to petition to become legal. Right. But yet he didn't do it. Yeah. Well, then until the, the dreamers came up and were like knocking on the door and it wouldn't stop and but it's like stuff like that like you said like he keeps no 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 wait a minute you had this power all this all these you know months ago and all, this all these years, years ago yet you didn't do anything and it's stuff like that that you're like I'm like picturing being in this room and it's so tense and, and you're just like awkward as hell. Should I walk out or should I stay? Like the chismosa side of me kind of wants to stay, but right. like I should walk out. But you know, it's stuff like that and it's it's kind of amazing how he like didn't care. Like he wasn't scared. He's like, no, I'm gonna ask what I'm gonna ask. Right. Like, and he said like you know people say journalists should be should keep in the middle should not side to any. To, to favor anybody mm-hmm. but he said no like I have my beliefs I have experience in my life and what I know to be true I'm gonna lean towards that and yeah. that's my right as a journalist like I need to ask these people who are defying what I believe in to give me answers yeah. and I'm totally about that like I totally respect that um, so that's how he says that he approaches journalism a little bit different from other people. Yeah. And when, um, I did notice a lot, uh, of course he's like, you know, he, uh, migrated to this country from Learned, another country, yeah, you know, had to learn the language and all these obstacles. So he, he has the background and he did ask a lot about immigration. Like that's a big topic for him. It is. And, it's a huge topic. And, and we he, look for him. We yeah. look to him to ask these questions for our people. Yeah, exactly, because he keeps it real, like, for real. He He's not about, like, other... I'm not saying other journalists are, like, corrupt or anything, but, you know, they, they go by the script. This guy's like, the fuck I'm not? Like, I'm going to ask what I need to ask, and I'm going to hold them accountable, and I'm going to ask those inco- uncomfortable questions that they don't have on script that they might not know that I'm going to throw at them. And, you know, I really like that he says, you know, his, fa- his favorite type of rebels are the dreamers because you know these it was like four women that were like no we can do something we're going to what it's something that he says something about in order to make changes you have to lose the fear right and these ladies did that and and look how many dreamers how many people benefited from that and that's something very amazing like to think yo these four ladies risked it all for all this a large number of children that came here and you know were undocumented and now they have the opportunity to at least work you know for this country that they're not even part of but they live here and they feel like they're this is their country you know right so i i really love this book um i also really loved the part where he talks about the ingrid betancourt which is the uh, colombian lady that was running for president and she gets captured by um, the, what was it called? the hold on, Like the right. guerrilla? The yeah, like the guys that didn't want, they wanted to fight the government to say, no, like, give us give us a say in stuff. It, they were referred to as Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarias de Colombia. The revolutionaries. Yeah, yeah, they freaking took her. Like, all this lady wanted was to bring peace between them because Colombia was... A lot of people were dying, you know, like these guys are fighting and stuff. 
And she gets taken for six years. Like, they freaking kidnapped her for six years. She comes out and, you know, her her spirit, her fight, her voice just died. Because, you know, that's just how corruption works. And it's just, it's, I want to read her book. Really yeah, it do. sounds really good, actually. It could be a future book. You never yeah. know. But anyways, this book was amazing. I really loved it. It it really was eye-opening. And it's it kind of... I always think, like, if I want to change the world, don't be scared to do it. You know, like, lose that fear. Yeah. Like, I really, really loved it. I um, agree, too. I just... I, I liked how uh, this kind of taught... Like, reading about Hugo Chavez, reading about Fidel Castro. Like, this is the headlines that I would see as a child on the news. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't understand. I'm like, why is everybody mad at this dude? Like, yeah. what is he doing? But and, I didn't know what they were mad about or what they did so right, bad. Right. Like, what, what was there doing that people were, like, hating on them? Right. So there much? was always rioting in their countries. People were always dying. And, and it's like, still bad. Oh, Venezuela's horrible. Hugo, and then the new guy. Yeah, what's his name? That took over... Armando. I hate his name. Oh, what's his name? Armando? It starts with an A. Armando? No. Something with an A. Isn't that Pitbull? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's not Pitbull. It's, um... Oh, 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 my gosh. It's on that chapter. What is his freaking name? No. I honestly do hate also, um... Benia Nieto. He is an asshole. It's because of him that the 43, the students that got killed and murdered and he didn't even do anything about it all because they wanted to go and protest about all these women getting killed in mexico like big numbers of people getting killed and peña nieto did nothing all he did was buy himself a huge mansion and the project that mexico was going to do with the chinese like they took that money and he didn't ever said like where that money came from yeah our, what was that name of the guy let me look let me google it because now we want to know <laughs> she's looking in the book but yeah. we want to know fast also um another uh chapter that i enjoyed was um sonia santamayor like i've actually read her book so i knew like what a badass she was uh, being the first latina in uh, the supreme court which was a big deal but knowing what like her life was and what the struggle she had to go through and um one my favorite quote is the one that's actually in the front that says hay mucha gente que cree que el latino no tiene la capacidad de hacer las cosas bien y no me deje discriminar so basically a lot of people believe that latinos do not have the capacity to do things right and she didn't let herself be discriminated she's a badass she's a complete badass yeah. i love her so much and um i was glad that she was part of this book yeah i found him in nicolas maduro oh freaking <laughs> maduro he is crazy he is if he's you starving cesar, his people yeah if dude. you thought cesar chavez uh, hugo chavez was not cesar chavez yeah, hugo chavez, chavez was bad this guy beats him. Yeah, there's there's like a running joke in Venezuela, which is not funny. They call it the Maduro uh, diet because people are starving. Because no. you they cannot afford. Yeah, and he and he wasn't supposed to be president. No, he took it. He robbed it. Yeah, he yeah, robbed him because he, he was. Yeah, he was. The he suspicion. talks a little bit about it in the book. Um, but yeah, but so yeah. we recommend this book. Um, if you don't want to read in Spanish, it's get in it English. in English. Yeah, it's really good. I recommend it. So this was the books that we have read so far for 2020. Um, we did read some other ones. Like um, we did read the Michelle Obama Becoming in 2019. That was the first one. I liked it. You guys should all read it. Whether you like Obama or not, I do recommend it. It's very woman empowering and 
you learn a lot, right? I think it was good. It was a great book. I, I liked it. It's more, um, it's a, I don't know, I found it inspiring because mm-hmm. just know like all the all the obstacles that she go, had to go through and then when she met Obama like um Barack and how they navigated through all that it's it's kind of endearing it's a it's a nice it's a great story yeah I don't know I, I really enjoyed it I definitely um made me cry it did because it doesn't just focus on Obama and her being the first lady. It goes back and, like, tells you really, like, her family, like, her experiences, how she saw the world, you know. Here is this woman that's trained to think, I gotta go to school, I gotta do things right. But then here's Obama where he's like, we should do stuff for the people. And she's kind of like, what? What are you talking about? Like, what about, you know, in the future and blah, blah, blah. And, like, she's very, like, goes by what we've all been taught. Go to school, get a good job, and you'll be set for life. Whereas Obama's like... Oh no, let me fight for this and the hardships of being in the um in the election and going through that and not being yeah. able to see him and and worrying about this and he how they l- saw her as the first lady, like, oh she doesn't speak right, she doesn't say this right and all how she just wanted to she was so overwhelmed and she's just like, Screw it, like I'm doing this for my husband, but it's like it was taking a toll on her. Right. She uh he's he's a fighter for people's rights and he had like he has this vision for the common cause, but it's getting in the way of the family. It's getting in the way of and her even, yeah. and her goals. It's like being the president of the United States, you basically like you have to be there. You have to support that. But this woman is so accomplished. She's so smart. She had her own like she should in like if her husband wasn't the president, she would be doing amazing things, yeah. too. You know, even though she did do it as the first lady. But I'm just saying. She's a lawyer. She's an activist, like, for Chicago and all mm-hmm. this stuff. Like, trying to give girls like herself an opportunity in this but crazy world. she grew world. up in the South Side. She grew up in the not a good rich area. Right. So, and and then having to sit back and just watch her husband do this incredible thing when she could be doing something just as incredible. It's, it's hard. Yeah. You know? It is. Anyways, but it was a good book. So, read it. Second book we read was... um. Jonathan Vaness. Was it? Okay, yeah, Jonathan sure. Vaness. Okay. What was is yeah. It was just over the top. Okay. We actually went to um see him when he had the um book, yeah, book the... presentation, the book tour, and it was amazing. He's funny, he's kind. He asked before we even read this book and during the um the meeting when he was talking about the book, he says like after reading this book, would you still like me? Would you still be cool with me? And now I understand why he said that. Because it's a lot it really opens up about his life. Um, I don't want to talk about it too much because I, I I think you guys should read it. Um, and I like if I talk about it, it's gonna give too much away. But it it's it's not only looks at like how um a gay person lives his life, how they feel, you know, what they describe, how they're treated in a living in a place where people are not very supportive. You know, he lives what in in Illinois, but like mm-hmm. not in like the city part. Yeah. And, you know, suffering, the bullying, and, you know, the thoughts, you know, how he lets himself go, and all this stuff that he wishes he wouldn't have done, you know, and I feel like a lot of times, you don't, you know, even people that aren't gay, like, they get bullied for whatever reason, and, you know, they go through all this stuff, so, it was just nice, I, I liked it, Um, there was a parts of it where I'm just like, oh my god, I cannot believe he did that. I cannot believe he would treat somebody like that. Or why right. would he? Why would he do this? You know, 
and it did get me pissed but I also understand like you know during that time he was going through that and now I understand why he says like after you read this would you still be cool with me would you still like me would you still be my supporter and yeah there's some definitely some questionable questionable um actions but um he's always been this bubbly personality always you know kind of exuberant behavior and um you see where it comes from you and i'm very happy that he even though he had to go through so many things he still kept right he still kept this attitude this like uh wanting to bring others up when you're not feeling that you want to be brought up and you could tell he's very real like not just what from what you see on tv you know he has his moments where he's just like this is too much Mm -hmm. you know he obviously talks about seeking professional help to deal with certain things you know the the behavior the thoughts the he's kind of finding these fillers for what's lacking in his life and they're not positive stuff that he's finding to fulfill whatever he's lacking and you know he talks about that and that's real life that's you know you see this guy on tv on queer eye you know the show and you know he even talks about it there was days where he was just like oh my god i have to go out there and you know he's not feeling it but, you know, he has to, like, remember, like, what am I doing? Who am I doing it for? Right. This makes me happy. This is, you know, like, all these things that he's learned to kind of cope with it. Because it's a lot of trauma, to be honest. Like, yeah. I feel like he he's had a lot of things that happened to him where he needs to, like, find the best way to cope with it. So, I, I recommend it. Y'all should read it. It's cool. Um, And then the last one we read in 2019 was one of my favorites, too. It was Rabbit, a memoir by Patricia Williams, which is Miss Pat. Miss Pat. She has a um, podcast. It's funny. I mean, she's... She's uh, a stand-up comic. Yeah, um, she even has a Netflix thing, right? Oh, uh, not, not yet. Okay, not yet. well... Oh, no, we were oh, supposed no. to go see Miss Pat, but yes. freaking Rona took us. So she's a part of the Degenerates on Netflix. She has one of the one of the segments... Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, she's a stand-up comedian. She has her own podcast, and this is her memoir. Um, This was very hard. It was a tough read, too. Very, very hard. Like, I wrote a a letter to Miss Pat that I still haven't sent, or an email. Um, This was tough. Oh, oh my God, why am I getting (laughs) tear-eyed? It was was a tough one. Yeah. It's It's a very brave of her to open up to the public and share very 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 traumatic things in this book yeah and and the sad part is that when i think of this this read it makes me think of all these kids that are going through something like this right i mean she's the one success story out of a thousand Mm -hmm. and the thing is that this is still happening to uh, children in low-income neighborhoods, um, mm. you know... Regardless of the race, there's a lot of um, low-income kids that are, you know, they're they're going through this stuff, and... Oh, my God. I, I honestly don't know how Miss Pat was able to forgive the mom, you know, and be cool with her and stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not in her shoes, so I can't say, like... You know, she, yeah. she just probably just didn't want that to keep that negative feeling and she yeah. was just 
if you listen to her, you would think the way that she was brought up and like the love that she got, which was none as a child, that she would be a well. She a got horrible... a little bit from the grandpa. Yeah, the grandpa, but he was gone pretty early in her yeah. life. Um, that she would not be a decent human being. That's like the complete opposite. She takes care of, of her anybody. babies. She takes Pe- care of her sisters' there. babies. She's such a caring person. It's and uh, given her past, you would think she that she wouldn't be that way. But it just goes to show you that your past shouldn't define the person that you are. Yeah. That you and want- even though she she's not very like properly speaking and you know even she curses she, a lot she, yeah she's ghetto i'm not i'm gonna give her that like she's ghetto like but she's funny as heck like i love her stuff you know yeah. like she but she's a very caring person you know and, and it shows this in the book even though like life just was not good to you at all like the way she sees life and the way she goes about it you wouldn't think like oh she went through that right yeah you would never think so I'm still wondering about like, you know, the the niece that hasn't been found yet. Or yeah. I don't know if she talked about it yet, but there's a lot of questions I still have. But it's a good book. Um I really do recommend it. Um you might learn something from it, you know. Right. Maybe help help more in your community, seek where kids need help, you know. I think life. it definitely teach teaches to be more uh, empathetic yeah, yeah very empathetic yeah because like we don't all come up in same circumstances like i could sit here and say like my family was not well off when i grew up but, but it was seeing, nothing compared, nothing compared, to, compared her. to this not even like close i know we are our version of ghetto has nothing we, we were had backyards we, we had... were living in glory no freaking shootings you know nobody like slinging a bunch of dope like, yeah yeah it's it was a good book so this pretty much sums up the books we've read so far um i hope maybe you guys liked our little review and inspire we inspire you to pick up and read one of these um also before we leave we do want to give one last review um when it comes to so a couple uh, episodes back i think i believe it was on our f- second episode we had mentioned that we were going to try to do more eco-friendly things. Mm-hmm. We were going to try recycle toilet paper. paper. But on our Earth Day, or was it our Earth Day pod, uh, episode that. or before that one, one of them, um, we weren't able to find any. We did mention that because of the coronavirus taking everything. But we were fortunate enough to finally find some recycled toilet paper and we each tried, we found two different brands. Yes. And we each tried them. So we did buy some from 7th Generation, which was the unbleached recycled toilet paper. Right. And we also bought the... Uh, who gives a crap? Uh, try Three ply uh, unbleached 100% recycled toilet, toilet paper. paper. Yeah. And, and then you brought tissues made out of bamboo. I tried them already. They're okay. Made out, they're not. They're not recycled. They're made out of bamboo. Okay. That's what it says on the box. Okay. The tissue from the what? Who gives a crap? Okay. So we both tried them. Um, I have to say that I was very impressed. <laughs> I was extremely impressed. So the seventh generation one. It was great. It was yeah. It was nice. It wasn't like 
when you wipe, it didn't rip. I'm sorry if I'm being too descriptive, but like, <laughs> it wasn't like you're wiping and then bam, it rips, and right. now your finger is in your booty, you know, because it ripped. <laughs> oh. No. Um, and it's easy to flush yes. if you have really bad, like, um, pipes. Plumbing. Yeah, and plumbing. You could flush, obviously, and it's it's very easy, like, when it gets wet, so mm-hmm. it's not like, it doesn't look like a chunk of it. So, I was impressed. I like it. I still have some. I liked it, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I also tried the What's Not, Who Gives a Crap one. That one is very soft. Like, it's very soft. I like it. I also liked it. So, I give it thumbs up. I know Who Gives a Crap, crap is a little more expensive than 7th Generation, just because I think your the other one is um, 3-ply, and I think the 7th Generation is 2. I don't okay. remember, but... Um, I did look at the prices and it is a little bit more expensive, but you do get more, um, right. like more, more rolls, uh, from who gives a crap versus seventh generation. Yeah, I got I a whole just, box, dude. I think it's just 12 in the package. And then I also like the who gives a crap, the packaging, because it comes in, um, that little tissue paper versus the seventh generation. It's recycled, but it does come in like a plastic wrap. So that's the only downfall on it that I think, um, the tissue, that bamboo, it's a little rough. I mean, you can still, like, use it, and I've been using it, but it's not as soft, like, when you... It's, like, the Kleenex or yeah, something? Yeah, it's not, like, soft, but... I mean, it's it's it doesn't rip either. Like, right. it's very sturdy, but it's just, like, you can feel that it's a little rough. A little rough, okay. But, yeah, we did try the toilet paper finally, and we both give it thumbs up. Yes, they're both very good products, in my opinion, for what it's doing for the planet, so... Yep. I, and oh. it's not it's it's between budget i believe oh it's, yeah it's very absolutely. it's very affordable so i loved it i love both of them um so if you guys want to try it you guys know that we finally gave our first review and our eco-friendly something that we did yeah and then um what are you going to try for a next item or something that you're going to do as uh. we continue our episodes of trying eco-friendly things i decided i'm going to f- try the um toothpaste that comes in like a tablet that you put it in the water and it dissolves so i want to try that instead of buying the plastic tube the toothpaste comes in i'm going to try the tablets next and then once i buy them and have all the information i'll review it on our next episode okay um i am getting uh recycled batteries so they're not like completely recycled because i don't know if you guys are aware of how hard it is um to recycle batteries mm-hmm. um and if they end up on landfills well it's never going to get like never going to decompose but, it's harmful too because of the chemicals yeah because of the acid and everything so i'm going to get uh some partially recycled batteries from energizer and they're um rechargeable too because Ooh, i use rechargeable all the good. time it's rechargeable yeah. so you get a win-win yeah so i'm not like yeah, so even though it's not fully recyclable like it's still good because you can recharge them right so that's a good so thing I'm not, I'm not using Yay. batteries over and over and over again i mean new ones i I'm should put that them. on my list because i should get some batteries like that. yeah i think all my appliances pretty much have the rechargeable now yeah. Because I don't like using the other ones. So that's what we're going to try for the next time that we come back on our next episode. We'll give our review on those two items. And we'll hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Yes. And um, we it- thought we did a good job with reading. <laughs> and the Rona keeps, us, keeps our mind entertained with some books. And I love smelling books. It's a thing I have. And I love them. The older they are, the better they smell. 
And yeah, so this is it for this episode. Any last words before we go? Um, no, if you guys want to hear something specific, let us know. If you have um, episode ideas, that'd be great. Um, it's not that we're running out. It's just we want to know what you guys are interested in. Yeah, we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear from our audience. Whoever listens to us on, a, on every time our episodes come out. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And um, we have a lot of things to talk about, but we also want to include our audience and just kind of be like, oh, maybe they want to hear about this this time and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, stay safe, stay well, yes, and please. hopefully the Rona goes away soon because, yeah. Yes. Anyways, bye. Bye.